For this afternoon, we're talking about the Lord is my shepherd. We've been talking about the Lord is my shepherd. I don't know about you, but when I was younger, I, I, I remember my mother praying this prayer, the, singing the Psalms. It was Psalm 23 and Psalm 91. Do you understand me? And, and, and unless you've gone through something, unless your heart has been broken, unless you have been going through tough times, and, and I saw Robin and, and Jenna Rossetti here, they lost their father this week. Uh, he went on to be with the Lord. Unless you've been in a place where your heart has been broken and dreams have been shattered and, 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 and you've been in that dark place, that dark place where nothing's going right, all the dreams and aspirations that you had and all the plans that you had that were so neatly packaged together, all the things you said, you know what, when, I'm, when I get to 20 years old, I'll be doing this and when I get to 25, I'll be doing this and when I get to around 27, 28, I'll get married and, and then around 29, I may have my first baby and 30, I may have another one and, and 31, I may, well, that's too close, but 30, and you got to spread out a little bit. So, yes, you know, but unless you're having twins. You, and I, I, you have all this neatly panned out and, and, and you don't know the good goodness of God until a storm comes. And I listen to people all the time. I watch people all the time. And I watch people get excited about the things of God. And I know in my heart that they have not yet come against a real storm. I'm not talking about a storm that your uncle can bear you out of. I'm not talking about a storm where you can take out your wallet and, and put your MasterCard down, you know? That gives you some breathing space. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a storm that slaps you up against the wall. And it pins you there. And there's no way to get out of it. I'm talking about a broken heart that is so bad and your heart is so shattered into so many pieces that you could almost give up your life. Because you don't think life is worth living for. David the apostle, uh, David the, the king, I mean, King David, he wrote Psalm 23 and he was a shepherd before he became a king. That's a whole nother story right there. He became a shepherd because God knew that if he was going to be able to rule and take, and take care of people, he had to learn how to take care of sheep. Because sheep are like people. Stubborn, hard-headed, they want to do their own thing at their own time, at their own pace. So David learned to be a shepherd. So he's up on the hill, and, and, and some theologians say the same mountain or hill region where he was would, would be the same region a thousand years later that the shepherds would be on the hill and the angels would appear to them saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill to all men. Same region. So David's up there and, he, and he's gone through a little bit of life and, and, he's memor and he's meditating on what God has done in his life. And all of a sudden he writes out these words, the Lord is my shepherd. You see, this psalm is so intimate. This psalm is it, it's so personal. And that's why I say 95% of your Christian walk will be that, it will only be you and God. 95% of your Christian walk will be you having an intimate walk with God. And if you and I don't have an intimate walk with God, when the storms of life come, we will not be able to stand because we don't trust that the Lord is my shepherd. Primarily, shepherds were responsible for three things. Primarily, shepherds were responsible to feed the flock. 
They were responsible to guide the flock. And they were responsible to protect the flock. And David is sitting there meditating of all the ways he has guided, protected, and fed the, the flock. And, 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 and some scriptures came to my mind when I, when I think about those three responsibilities of a shepherd. Listen to me carefully. It is your responsibility to make sure that you are following the right shepherds. Ultimately, all of us follow the shepherd. Because the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. It didn't say, Pastor Henry is my shepherd. I shall not want. No, if I'm your shepherd, I would leave some of you behind. Because some of you, you're up to here. That's why, that's why, thank God, the Bible says the Lord is our shepherd. Do you understand? But it's your responsibility because there are under shepherds. We as pastors are under shepherds. Someone came up to me one time and said, Pastor, I'm following you. If you go to hell, I'm going to hell. I said, you fool, if you go to hell, I won't be going with you. You'll go by yourself. But I know what they meant. They went, Pastor, I'm following you, and everywhere you go, I, no, you don't follow me. You follow him. The Lord. Because sometimes when you're looking for this shepherd, he won't be available. Pastor, why aren't you available at 8 o'clock at night? Because I'm practicing to be a good husband. And unless I'm married to you, you're not my concern. Pastor, how come you're not available to me more often? Well, because I got a life. But pastor, pastor, I need you. I need you. No, you don't. You need Jesus. You know what I mean? Do you understand? Because the scripture says, the Lord is my shepherd. You don't need people. And the only thing you can't live without is God. If you got God, you can live without anything else. But, but some, don't clap yet, I'm finished. But some of you, you act like you need people. You act that, like people are more important to you than God. And that's why only until you've gone through a trial, when you've gone through some stuff and God has brought you out on the other side, you can be able to stand up and say, you know what? The Lord is my shepherd. And as a shepherd, the, 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 the shepherd feeds the flock. And I was thinking about a scripture and, and I got one out in Matthew 6, 26. And he says, look at the birds of the air for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? If God can feed the birds, he can feed you. How many times have you seen a bird stress out? How many times have you seen a, 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 an eagle laying back? Oh God, where's my food coming from? No, the bird gets up every day. He doesn't store things in stores. He doesn't uh, pile up things. No, the bird knows that every single day when he wakes up, God will provide him his food. Why? He has confidence in God. Question. Do you have confidence in your shepherd? The shepherd feeds. 
The shepherd guides. Here's one. Here's another one. Proverbs chapter 3, 5 to 6 from the Amplified. It says, lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. Do not rely on your own instinct or understanding. Notice what it says there. In all your ways, acknowledge uh, recognize and acknowledge him and he will direct and make straight your plain paths. What, what is God saying? If you, are, if you have confidence in your shepherd that he will feed you, he will guide you, he will lead you down the road that he needs you to go. You know, but pastor, I can't, I can't seem to know what the plan of God is for my future. Listen to me, listen to me carefully. Trust the shepherd to feed you. Trust him to guide you. The other thing the shepherd was responsible for was to protect the flock. Protect it from the lions and the, and the tigers and the bears. And, and, and Psalm 91 is one of those psalms that David is talking about. I remember my mother praying over me. Right? I, I, I come home late at night and, and my mother would be praying and, and, and casting out and cursing out devils. And I'll come tiptoeing into the house and, and she would hear me and she would turn around and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I cast that devil out of him. I said, Mommy, I'm good. No, she's not, you full of the devil, you. Where are you coming from? Do you understand? So I remember my mother praying Psalm 91, and, and he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord... My mother didn't have time to worry about me. She knew she couldn't handle me. So the only thing she'd do is pray. And I pull out some of the scriptures out in, verse, in Psalm 91. It says, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. That comes from years of experience and years of walking with him. So even as I say to Rob and Jenna, he that walketh in darkness will see the light. And I, and I pray for my brother and my sister because they know, they've walked it. And they know that God is their shepherd. He, he goes on to say, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly diseases. He will cover you with his feathers and he will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terror of the, of the night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the deadly diseases that stalk in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you. Wherever you go, they will hold you up with their hands so you won't get hurt or trip on your foot. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with long life and give them my salvation. That is the kind of shepherd that wants to be able to feed you, guide you, and protect you. But the question is, how much confidence do you have in God? How much confidence do you have in your shepherd? Is he your shepherd or is he your mama's shepherd? Is he your shepherd or is he your husband's shepherd? 
Because most of this Christian life, you and I have to develop an intimate relationship to God so that the words become our words and it is my God, my shepherd. And the more intense that becomes, the more confidence you have that you can be able to step back and notice that no matter, no matter what's going on in my life, I can trust the Lord's my shepherd. So last week, Pastor Steve spoke on the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. This week, I want to speak on the Lord is my shepherd. And verse 2 says, he makes me to lie down. In the Amplified, it says, by fresh and tender green grass, green pastures. One of the things the shepherd would do, he would, he would, he would bring the sheep down to, uh, the hill to a green, very green and leafy place where the grass was growing long and fresh and, and the shepherd would lead the sheep there to go eat and the, eat will, the, she, the sheep would eat the, the grass and they would eat and eat and eat and eat and the more they ate, the healthier they became. The more they ate, the stronger they became. The more they ate, the more confidence they had in their shepherd that any time food ran out, the shepherd always knew where the green pastures were. That story of the shepherd eating grass and getting stronger is the same kind of story that us as Christians. And so I wrote down on my notes here, uh, 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 as, as I was writing, this is what I wrote. The more the sheep eat, the stronger the sheep get. The stronger the sheep gets, the healthier the sheep becomes. The healthier the sheep becomes, the more at peace the sheep gets. You can tell a healthy sheep by its skin. The wool is white and strong and vibrant. The, 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 the meat is the, it's, it's healthy in their skin. There's no blemish in their skin because they've been eating and eating and eating some fresh food. Here's the question I want to ask you. As a sheep, what are you eating? Can someone look at you by the way you carry yourself and say, you know what? That's a strong Christian. So as the shepherd leads the sheep to green pastures, the Lord leads us to our green pasture. And our green pasture is the Word of God. It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God that's on the inside of you, so rich and full, so that when any storm of life comes, the first thing that's reacting out of you is the Word that has been hidden in your heart. Why is the Word so important? Because the Word of God is the thing that sustains us through the storms of life. David writes a, a couple of things about the Word. In, in, in Psalm 119 verse 11, this is what he says, Your Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 19, 105 says, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet, but a light unto my path. In Luke 8, 1, uh, uh, sorry, Isaiah 48, it says, The grass the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. Jesus is given the parable of the, of the sower and the seed and, and, and as, as he gives the demonstration, the seed falls on rocky places and, and, and good places and, and thorny places and, and, and by the wayside, he goes back to interpret the parable and he said the seed that was sown is the word of God. 
It's the word of God. And notice what he says about that seed. In verse uh, eight, chapter, Luke chapter 8, verse 11, it says, now, this, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts. What does the devil come and steal when he attacks you? He comes to steal the word of God that should be on the inside of you. Anytime the enemy attacks your life, Anytime something is going wrong in your home, what the enemy is trying to do is the word of God that is on the inside of you, he's come to steal it. Because he knows if you hold on to the word of God, you will be victorious. And do you, do you, have you noticed that most ridiculous arguments happen on Saturday? Huh? Think about your life sometime. Go back over your life and think about it. When was the most time you got into an argument? Saturday, late Saturday afternoon into Saturday evening when the enemy knows you're coming to church the next day. He knows you're coming to church and he knows if he can distract you, discourage you, upset you, get you angry and bitter. I see sometimes, I'm standing at the door sometimes and I'm watching across the parking lot and I see a car pass in front of the church and people are in the car going this and you're this and your mama's this and your father's this and everything this and, and they go around the curve and they go into the parking lot and if someone opens the door, they fling the door open. I don't care about you. I don't know why I'm even married to you anymore. I don't care about that. Blood. And they come and they walk and they get to right over there, right over there and as soon as they're in front of the church and one of the pastors say hey good morning they turn around and say hallelujah pastor <laughs> Jesus loves you blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord isn't God good and they all some of you go fly off in tongues And then you get in here and, 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 and you're thinking, okay, how can I get even when I get out of here? I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. As soon as I get out of here and get home, I'm going to lay into him. And so you come to church and you forget everything that's saying here. What has the enemy done? The enemy has stolen the word from your heart even before you even left the building. Even before you left the building. And David is saying to us, the word of God is so precious, so, so absolutely necessary. And if you don't store the word, and notice what it says, they hear the word. It, it doesn't matter how many times you hear it. If you don't practice it, it's a waste of time. He goes on to say in, 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 in John chapter 17, 17, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Listen to me carefully. You and I have to just make up our mind, what truth are we going to live by? There are tons of truths out there. But you can't dabble in the Bible and dabble in worldly truth and think God is going to come through for you. No, it is either all God or be none of God. And that's what gets us frustrated as Christians sometimes because we're dabbling here and dabbling here and dabbling here and we haven't straightened up our backbone and say, you know what? As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. Every time I make a decision, don't clap, listen. Every time I make a decision, I'm going to be making a decision based on the word of God. That's what a Christian does. 
A Christian asks himself the question, if I do this thing, what does the Bible say? But if you're not going to make an absolutely concrete stand for the word, you're, you're going to get frustrated. It goes on to say the importance of the word, Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Richly. If the only time you pick up the Bible is on Sunday, you don't, it's not rich in you. You don't have enough. And you know, I said to people, how many times do you eat? I eat three and a half times a day. Right? The half is the ice cream. But the reality of it is this, we couldn't, we couldn't live like that if we were only eating once a week. This word has to become everything in you. But pastor, they're going to call me narrow-minded. Yes, you are narrow-minded. Why? Because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but through me. You are supposed to be very narrow-minded because you have staked your whole eternity on Jesus Christ being the way. He says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom and teaching and admonishing you in, in one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making grace in your hearts unto the Lord. Hebrews 1 says, God who at various times in various ways spoke, spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his son. And the primary way that God speaks to us through his son is through the word of God. You say, I don't, I don't quite understand everything. Listen to me carefully. Get the word in you. The more of the word, the more revelation you'll get. Little word, little faith. Strong word, strong faith. Little word, little trust. Strong word, Big trust. Your faith is in proportion to the amount of word that is in you. Oh, did you hear that? I just heard it. Your faith is in proportion to the amount of word in you. And here's the great thing about it. Nobody can stop your faith from growing except you. That's what I love about Christianity. I can be everything God has called me to be because it doesn't depend on anybody. It only depends on me and my relationship to God. That's why you can't blame anybody else about your Christianity. Because you have as much as you want. And everybody knows when they want something, they will lay everything else down to get that thing they want. Question I ask you is this, how much of God do you want? Because the Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is, a, is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. Here's, here's the good part. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of your heart. You say, Pastor, people are always fooling me. No, no, no. Get that word on the inside of you. And the word on the inside of you will help you to judge people because of their intent and their heart. The word of God in you will give you revelation that you don't have. 
So I say to a single person, a single girl, when they come up to me and say, well, I passed, I'm not too sure about him. How much of that word is in you? How much of it's in you? Because marriage is the biggest decision you will make after salvation in Christ. And if you marry the wrong person, it is hell. Keep your head real still. Don't move your head. Just keep it still. But if you marry the right, right one, it is heaven on earth. Pastor, it, can it really be heaven? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think it's impossible. You just got the wrong person. I, I, I was, I, I'm not saying that. I won't say it. I was going to say my wife has heaven on earth because she's married to me. But I won't say it. I won't say that. I won't say that. I'll just be humble and move on to the next verse. All right? The second part of that verse, in verse 2, it says, He leads me beside still and restful waters. Still and restful waters. The shepherd will come up and, and lead the sheep out, out to the pasture to eat, and then he'll lead them down to the brook, and, and he leads them to a, 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 a peaceful and restful stream. He never brings them to a rushing water place because sheep are afraid. They'll get afraid. They're very fragile. They'll get, they, 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 they get all freaked out. So the shepherd goes and leads them to a quiet place so, so that they can drink. Have you, ever, have you ever seen that picture with the shepherd with the sheep over his shoulder? Right? And every time we see it and we go to the bookstore, we see it and say, oh man, that's so, that's so beautiful. That's so loving. The shepherd, oh, the shepherd must love that sheep. It, it, do you know what the shepherd did before the sheep to be on his back? He broke the shepherd's leg. Shepherds would get disobedient sheep. Sheep who want to go their own way. The shepherds say go right, they go left. The shepherds say stop, they keep moving. The shepherds say go this, do this, and they do that. After a while, the shepherd gets tired, and, and, and what the shepherd does out of love, he breaks the, shepherd, the sheep leg and then picks up the sheep and puts him on his shoulder. And everywhere the shepherd goes, the sheep goes. Anytime the sheep wants to eat, the shepherd lays him down so he can eat, picks him back up, puts him on his shoulder. Anytime the sheep wants to drink, he takes him down and puts him near the brook. He drinks and puts him back on the shoulder. All the while, through that month or more, as the foot is healing, the, shepherd is, the sheep is smelling the shepherd. Getting the scent of the shepherd. Hearing the voice of the shepherd. Hearing the heartbeat of the shepherd. Understanding the care of the shepherd. Listen to me carefully. The reason why you go to a church and you find good shepherds, you need to be able to find shepherds that not, are not afraid to break your legs. If you go to a place where a shepherd is telling you nothing's wrong with you, keep doing it. Stay in your selfishness. Stay in your greed. Stay in your pride. Stay in your adultery. Stay in your backbiting. Stay in your lying and cheating and lying and doing all the other things. Keep doing that. That is fine. That shepherd doesn't love you. A shepherd that really loves you will break your legs. And I would much rather a shepherd break my legs because he's protecting me from the wolves. He's protecting me from the lion. 
protecting me from the conniving, sniveling, deceitful, greasy head. Little punk. He's protecting me for me because he doesn't want me to stray. I, I prefer a shepherd that will break my leg and I, he carries me and he nurses me back to health. And then when the shepherd speaks and say, go left, he goes left. When he says, go right, he goes right. When the shepherd says, stop, he stops. When the shepherd says, lay down in green pastures and eat, he eats. And when the shepherd says, come and drink, he comes to drink. Because the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep is such, has been built up with such confidence that the sheep always knows the shepherd will never leave him astray. He leads me beside still and restful water. Sometimes, guys, we need to be able to stand still, especially when we're confused. Especially when we don't know what to do. It's not time to run. No, it's time to stand still. The Bible says, be still. Be still. The testimony of the faithfulness of God cannot be written unless you stand still. Some of you, you walk too much, you run too much, you talk too much. And the reason why you can't hear God is because you're talking too much. Be still and know. Be still and know. Be still and know. How do you get to know? Standing still. Be still and know that I am God. So the shepherd takes the sheep and brings him down to the brook and, and, and he drinks. But here's the thing he, the shepherd cannot do. Here is one thing the shepherd cannot do. The shepherd can lead you to the green pastures. He can lead you to the brook to drink. But he can't make you drink. And he can't make you eat. So when you, when, you, when you put your spiritual life in somebody else's hands, you are living a dangerous life. Why does God allow the trials to come into our lives? And, it, and it's a good thing because the more trials that come into your life and the more you go through the trials, the stronger you become. Check out anybody in the, service, in the, in the congregation here. If you admire them, if you go up and let them tell you their story, you will, they will tell you the hell they went through. They will tell you the broken heart. They will tell you the disappointments. They will tell you all the things they messed up and the decisions they made. They will tell you all the stuff they went through to make them what they are today. That's why I so encourage parents to let their children go through some difficult times. But pastor, I don't want them to, they could get hurt, they can get bruised, they can also become a brat. Why do you think you became strong? How do you think you became strong? By an easy life? No, I know some of you guys. You've had it hard and tough. 
You had to deprive yourself and wait for things. And you didn't get everything at the click of a finger. No, you had to wait for it. You had to earn it. You had to save on it. It took you 20 years to get what you got. So why do you think our kids need to get it in three years? And you give anything to them in three years, guess what they will become? Ungrateful. And that's why I say to my boys already, I say to them, hey, listen to me carefully, I'm raising men, not wimps. I'm raising men because one day you're going to take someone's daughter and I want them to be able to say, Daddy, you raised my boy strong. You raised my boyfriend strong. You raised my husband strong. I don't want to say, Daddy, what kind of mess you gave me? Do you understand? I needed, the Bible says, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother. By the time they leave your house, they should be men. But the word of God is so much alive. And this is what I wrote down. Have you ever, have you ever been by a waterfall or sat by a peaceful stream? Sheep can, can be frightened by rushing water, uh, rushing water, and the shepherd knows that. So he takes the sheep to a peaceful part of the stream so they can drink. You don't need to tell or you don't need to tell a a thirsty sheep to drink. Because why? A thirsty sheep wants to drink. But what happens a lot of times with us is this. We come and we take in and we take in and we get full. And God fills you up on a Sunday morning or fills you up on a Wednesday night so that you can go out back into your life, into your job arenas, into your life and pour out his spirit among the people. So by the time you get back here on Sunday morning, you should be all poured out so that you can be poured into again. But the reason why church becomes not cool anymore because every time you come, you are full. And so when we pray and we preach and we worship, you can't get anything in there anymore because you're full. You do that three or four weeks or three or four months, sooner or later, church becomes boring. Pastor, I don't get anything out of it anymore. Why? Because you're not letting anything out. It was, it was Jesus said in John, in John chapter 7, on the, last day, uh, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, He said, I want God. I want more of God. How do I get it? By getting thirsty. He says, if anyone thirsts, that's the requirement to be filled. How thirsty are you? How desperate are you? How is is Jesus Christ a non-negotiable part of your life? Because if you wait till the storms of life come, it becomes more difficult. But if he becomes the center of your life, when the storms come, and they do come, when they come, you will be able to walk through the storms because you will be able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Lie down in green pastures. Lie down. What do you mean lie down? Rest. You remember when Jesus was on the boat and the storm came and they were on the boat? And the Bible says he was down in the belly of the sheep. What was he doing? Yes, who were the ones getting all frazzled and anxious and worried? The who? The disciples. You know what the disciples should have done? They should have gone down to the belly of that boat and, and if they saw Jesus sleeping, you know what they should have done? They should have laid down right next to him. Because if he's sleeping, that means it's going to be all right. 
Did you get that? If Jesus is sleeping and laying down in the storm, you know you can lay down next to him. That means we're getting, you know, so people say, well, pastor, uh, uh, if you're on the plane, I know we're going to get there. No. I mean, one time we went on a mission trip and, and, and people said, I, I, I want to sit next to Pastor Henry. Why? Because I know if I sit next to Pastor Henry, I will get to, the, get to my destination. I said, did you pray before getting on the plane? Yes. Did you pray a round trip ticket? Yes. Did you say, God, take me and bring me back? Yes. Then sit on any part of the plane. Why? Confidence. Confidence. In who? Your shepherd. Your shepherd. So when we talk about this, this Lord's Prayer, uh, no, when we talk about Psalm 23, and, and David is pending, writing this thing out, he is talking about an intimate experience that he's had with God. And the reason why he's so confident is because he knows he has seen God move in his life. That's why he can be able to sit back and say, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me. Notice what the shepherd does. He leads me. Remember that. Shepherds are not supposed to beat you. They're supposed to lead you. Do you understand? Shepherds are the ones that are out front. If you ever watch some of those, uh, uh, those movies, you see the shepherd is walking out front and he's calling the shepherd, he's calling the sheep by name. The Bible says he can call the sheep by name and they know his voice and they only follow him. How will I have peace in my life? When I drink of the water, my shepherd leads me to. That water will quench my soul and my spirit like nothing else can. But you have to be eating right. You have to be drinking right. You have to be having confidence in the God that loves you. If you eat junk, you'll become junky. I like haagen ice cream. That's my weakness. When you want to bless me, haagen Coffee. My little sis, Annie, the other day brought me a, a, a little, I think it's a, is it a pint or, I don't know, but this side. It's a pint of, of, of Haagen-Dazs ice cream. She brought it to my office. And I looked at the ice cream. I said, ice cream, if we go home, my wife won't let me eat you. <laughs> because when I bring ice cream, my wife wants to tell me, uh, uh, you shouldn't be eating that. You shouldn't be eating that. I say, I bind you, you woman. I cast you out in the name of Jesus. Don't come between me and my ice cream. So I took the ice cream, and like all men of faith, I took it, I was in the office, I walked down, I put it under my shirt, and I walked down the office, uh, past the, the lunchroom, because if Lisa saw it, she would tell me I can't have it. If all the people in the office saw me, Marisol, my assistant, she would tell me I can't have it. So I put it under my shirt, and I walked down the thing, and I went to the refrigerator and I moved the broccoli and I moved the carrots and I moved the... And I took my haagen ice cream out and I put it in the back and I covered it with potatoes or something like that. And then one day I went to the gym. And I was coming out of the gym and I thought, Henry, you look pretty good. You deserve a reward. 
So I bent my car down Rockaway and I parked on, in the parking lot and I went into the office and, 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 I, and as I walked to the office, I went and, and I put my head out to the receptionist. I said, I will be in here praying. <laughs> but I took the ice cream, I went into my office. And you say, well, do, do pastors lie? If they have to. And, and I put my feet up on that table, opened that hagen took the spoon, and I started eating. I said, Henry, you deserve it. Long live King Henry. But the reason why these ladies around me stopped me from eating ice cream, because one, they don't want me to get, they don't want me to die or diabetes and all that other stuff. Do you understand? But junk in, junk out. What are you feeding yourself? What are you feeding yourself? Colossians says, let the word of God be rich. You mean those that bake, you know when you put things in, it didn't say, when it says rich, you put the whole box in. But you can't have a dab. And then think when the storms come, I will overcome the storms. You won't. And when that, and that, when that word is rich on the inside and the spirit of God is refreshing you. Because sometimes there is a tiredness that comes over you. It's not fatigue from your body. It's from your spirit. That way you, that's why you can go to bed and wake up and still feel tired. It's not your body that's tired. It's your spirit that's tired. And the only thing that refreshes your spirit is the word of God. Only thing that refreshes your spirit is the Spirit of God washing over you, healing your different parts. That's why when David writes, the Lord is my shepherd, he's thinking of everything that God has brought him through. Have you been thinking what God has brought you through so far? Because if he brought you through this far, the Bible says, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. So as the worship team starts to make their way back on the platform here, we're going to get into a place where we're just standing in the presence of God to be refreshed. Just to be refreshed. Sometimes we've got to stop because life is so busy. Sometimes we need to stop because life, we need to be able to sit back and say, God, I'm, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running, I'm tired. I just need some rest. Lead me beside still waters. Lead me to a place where in fresh meadows so I can eat, so I can eat the word so that there is strong word in me. So I have strong faith. Strong word in me so I have strong confidence. Strong word in me so I have strong trust. This psalm is a, it's a beautiful psalm because, I, as I said, lots of us all around the world, all around the world, if there's one psalm that they know more than any other psalm, Psalm 23. Did you all get one of these when you, when you walked in? It has Psalm 23 on it. Did you, did you get one? But if you're not, open your uh, phones and just get to Psalm 23 in your, in your iPhones and tablets and I want us to read it together in a minute. Psalm 23. 
And I want you to remember this message that when you get into those dark days and, 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 and if you get into those dark places and you say, Pastor, this is rough. I, I'm trying all I know what to do. But nothing seems to be going well. Sometimes you just have to be able to sit back and say, you know what? The Lord's my shepherd. No matter how bad it is, He knows how to get me through it. So why don't you stand to your feet and if you got this, if you got the pamphlet, just hold it up in, in your hand and we're going to read it together. This psalm is like the, you know, you know, this is, this is one of those psalms that is so easy to remember. You remember that little song we used to sing when we were in nursery, in nursery, uh, nursery and children's church? Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong. They are weak, but He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Why? The Bible tells me. You know that song is so simple. And you say, and you say, Pastor, let's just nursery. I'm a grown man. Why am I singing that song? Listen to me carefully. When you're in a pit, when you're in a dark place, when you don't have the Bible with you, and you don't have your iPhone with you, when you're crying and there's no stopping to the cry, your heart breaks and there's no stopping to the break. You have so much anxiety and worry in your life that you don't know where you're going. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I remember singing that song and crying like a baby. And I was 45 years old. Because the simplicity of the message, Christianity is not complicated. The simplicity of the message is no matter where you are, no matter what pit you're in, no matter what darkness you're in, Jesus loves you. And when you sing that song with tears coming down your, heart, your eyes, all of a sudden, the Spirit of God comes into that place and the presence of God hovers over that place. It doesn't mean your circumstances change. It just means He's with you. He's with you. That's why David wrote, and let's read together, right? Simple psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. For how long? For how long? Remember that. Remember that.
no matter what goes on in your life, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.